Hello, faithful listeners of My Sister Made Me View It, the Stormlight Archive podcast. Um, It is 11.50 p.m. at night, and I realized I forgot to put up the episode, so I'm putting it together as we speak right now. Wanted to let you know today's episode is going to be just a little different. Um, So we have finished reading all the regular chapters in Words of Radiance. The only thing left was the epilogue, and Megan live read it to me with members of our discord there what i've done is we live read the chapter and then talked about it like it was a regular episode but what i have done is i've combined our epilogue episode with our regular interlude episode that we have between books um because the interlude sorry the epilogue ended up being a little shorter, especially because I've actually cut out the live reading portion of it. That is something that is just for our Discord readers, uh, viewers, listeners, friends. Uh, And so you're going to hear some like chimes and that signifies the chunk that I took out of Megan actually reading me the epilogue and kind of like doing the big reveal. Um, If you would like to listen to that you can join our patreon next week uh at the three dollar level which gets you into our discord that is our we believe in you level you get into the discord you can ask us questions that we'll answer when we do recordings um if you want to join up the next level which is the seven dollar friend of the pod level you are going to get your episodes a week early you'll get everything from tier one plus episodes early you'll get your episodes on Mondays instead of Tuesdays and then if you join the next highest up level which is the honorary sibling level at $12 you'll get everything plus a monthly zoom call with Megan and I plus we're going to do an extra special feed for those patrons only and we're going to do the Marvel Cinematic Universe Uh, so we're getting a head start on that so like I said Patreon opens next week. We're really, really excited that we're going to have this. Um, We will have a little more information for you on our Instagram, Sis Made Me View It, our Twitter, Sis Made Me View It. So if you have any questions, you can also email us at sismademeviewit at gmail.com and we'll get right back to you. So in the meantime, you kind of get like two episodes this week. You get the epilogue and you get the interlude. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack. And here we go. Hello, Discord. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Oh, we've got eight people. This is so exciting. Today, we are going to be live reading to Emily the epilogue of Words of Radiance and... Emily, I'm going to read you a bonus short story after. Is it Edge Dancer? That, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a short story or not. I'm, I'm not going to read you a whole 75,000 word novella. <laughs> I mean, coward. Hey! Hey! <laughs> I have told you, you are free to read Edge Dancer on your own time you're like you never let me read anything well jokes on you you can read edge dancer (laughs) and emperor's soul whenever you want excellent well i was gonna wait until after the epilogue just in case 
Okay. Just in case. Okay. So now I can read it after we do this. At this point, listeners, we have read and recorded everything else in the book. Emily and I did talk about the difference between the first printing and the paperback printing. And as a special preview for our Discord buddies, Emily, what did you think about the change in book versions? I hope I am saying the same things that I said in the recording, but I actually liked the version where... This is spoilers for the end of Words of Radiance, if anybody cares. Uh, I like the version, the first version better, the one before he changed it. I agree. So they were both good. So there you go. But... There's your there's your preview, you guys. But we talk about it way more in depth on the uh, on the podcast. In the secret Cosmere spoilers chat, you can't see. No more mutants says I like the first version better too. Team first version. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Emily, are you ready to read this epilogue? Yes. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. I just want to say, Megan, you're the worst. (laughs) Do you know what, though? You're the best. Because... You, like, instantly sussed out the whole thing... And I was, you know, trying to rafo about it. I didn't want to just say you were right. And there's a point where I finally, I gave up talking about it because I'm like, I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to let it be. But you kept bringing it up that she wasn't dead. And so I had to be like, oh, uh, she got stabbed. <laughs> Congratulations. I just knew in my heart it wasn't you true. Did. You never gave up on her. You always believed. Uh, no More Mutant says, Emily never gave up. She never lost hope in Yasna. It's impressive. Thank you. Um, this is so, so great. <laughs> so glad. We're going to read a little bit more. I'm going to I'm gonna read you some stuff in the Arts Arcanum that I is, think is, is fun and you would like. Is it from the Emperor's Soul? No. Okay. Sorry. No, it's oh, in the back uh, of the This is also... Um, Ranks pointed something out to me that I've been calling the book Arcanum Unbounded, Arts Arcanum, which I shouldn't because Arts Arcanum is the glossary at the end of each book and Arcanum Unbounded is the book of collected short stories. Okay. So first we have this beautiful piece of calligraphy and it says, end note, a light winds approach, deadly approaching winds alight. This Ketek Written on light day, Jessica's 1174 adorns the cover of Navani Colin's personal journal. When Inside, Navani she describes firsthand. Yasna's alive. It's gonna be great. Sorry, keep going. Inside, she describes firsthand the events leading to the arrival of the Everstorm. The glyphs of the Ketek were drawn in the shape of two storms crashing into one another. Nas. So. Oh, Nas is the dude that does all the other drawings. Like the bridgeman. Yes. Okay. Yes. So the epigraphs in part one that were part of Navani's journal, Mm -hmm. this is the journal that they were a part of. Got it. And do I have that in the back um, of my book? Can I look or am I going to spoil anything? Yeah. No, you've, you finished the book. You can look (laughs) in the back of your book now. You did it. There are no spoilers. So in the Ars Arcanum, we have a table of the 10 essences and the gems associated with them and the 
part of the body that they're focused on. And so this is like a little bit of magic stuff that you can you can focus with. Mm-hmm. And this, I believe, is supposed to be written by either Nas or his friend. Um, but it talks about the ten surges. Mm-hmm. So Kaladin, as a windrunner, has access to the surges of adhesion and gravitation. Okay. And Shalon has access to the surges of illumination mm-hmm. and transformation. So every order of the Knights Radiant has access to two of these things. Anyway, there is a bunch of Fabriel facts that I think you will enjoy looking at. Mm-hmm. Now, Emily, I told you that besides the epilogue, I'm also reading you a short bonus story. Okay. So, this short story from Brandon was published in 2014, and here we go. A word from Brandon. This scene gives major spoilers for Words of Radiance. Please don't continue unless you finish that book. That's you. This is a very short sequence of Yasna's backstory I've been reading at book signings. It is not a polished draft. I often read very rough and potentially continuity error-filled sequences at signings as a special treat to people who attend. This scene is even rougher than most. A first draft and shouldn't be taken as canon quite yet as I haven't firmed up or fixed all of the technology. Uh, He's sorry, all of so the cool. He's just like, here, have a peek behind the curtain. This is great. All right. Here we go. Yasna Colin opened her eyes and gasped, fingers rigid, clawing at the obsidian ground. A knife in her chest. <gasps> it was Yasna! It wasn't the body she transformed! <gasps> she could feel it grinding on her bones as it slipped between two ribs, glancing off her sternum. She spasmed, rolling into a ball, quivering. Yasna! No, she could not lay prone. She fought to her knees, but then found herself raking her fingers across the black ground, trembling, heaving breaths in and out. Moving, even breathing, was perversely difficult, not because of pain or incapacity, but because of the overwhelming sense of tension. It made her shake, made her want to run, fight, do anything she could to not die. She shouted, stumbling to her feet and spun about, hand on her chest. Wet blood. Her blood, a dress cut with a single knife hole. Yasna, a figure all in black, a landscape of obsidian ground reflecting a bizarre sky and a sun that did not change locations. She darted her head from side to side, taking in everything but registering very little of it. Storms, she could sense that knife again sliding into her flesh. She felt that same helplessness, that same panic, emotions which had accompanied the knife's fall. She remembered the darkness consuming her, her hearing fading. The end. She closed her eyes and shivered, trying to banish the memories, yet the effort of trying to do so only seemed to solidify them. She knew that she would remember dying for as long as it took the darkness to claim her again. You did well, Ivory said. Well, Yasna. The knife, she whispered, opening her eyes, angry at how her voice trembled. The knife was unexpected. 
She breathed in and out, trying to calm herself. That puffed out the last of her stormlight, which she had drawn in at the last possible moment, then used like a lash to pull herself into this place. It had kept her alive, healed her. Ivory said that while a person held enough stormlight, only a crushing blow to the head itself would kill. She'd believed him, but storms, that hadn't made it any easier to lay there before the knife. Mm. Who would have expected them to stab her? Shouldn't they have assumed a blow to the head would be... Wait! Shalon! We have to go back, Yasna said, spinning. Ivory, where is the junction? It is not. She was able to locate the ship with ease. In Shadesmar, land and sea were reversed, so she stood on solid ground. But in the physical realm, Shalon and the sailors would still be in their ship. They manifest here nope, as light. Because Shalon did a murder. Will you just relax? They manifest <laughs> here as lights, similar to candle flames, and Yasna thought of them as the representation of the person's soul, despite Ivory telling her that was an extreme simplification. The light spotted the air around her, standing up on the deck. That solitary flame would be Shalon herself. Many smaller lights darted beneath the ground, faintly visible through the obsidian, fish, and other sea life. Nerves still taut, Yasna searched around for the junction, a faint warping of the air that marked the place of her passage into Shadesmar. She could use it to return to the ship to... One of the lights above winked out. Yasna froze. They're being executed. Ivory, the junction. A junction is not, Yasna, Ivory repeated. He stood with hands clasped behind his back, wearing a sharp yet somehow alien suit, all black. Here in Shadesmar, it was easier to distinguish the mother of pearl sheen to his skin, like the colors made by oil on water. Not? Yasna said, trying to parse his meaning. She'd missed his explanation the first time. Despite their years together, his language construction still baffled her on occasion. But there's always a junction. Only when a piece of you is there, Ivory said. Today, that is not. You are here, Yasna. I am sorry. You brought me all the way into Shadesmar, she asked. Now? He bowed his head. For years, she'd been trying to get him to bring her into his world. Though she could peek into Shadesmar on her own, and even slip one foot in, so to speak, entering fully required Ivory's help. How had it happened? The academic wanted to record her experiences and tease out the process so that perhaps she could replicate it. She'd used stormlight, hadn't she? An outpouring of it thrust into Shadesmar, a lash which had pulled her like gravitation from a distant place, unseen. Memories of what happened mixed with the terror of those last minutes. She shoved both emotions and memories aside. How could she help the people on the ship? Yasna stepped up to the light, hovering you before can't, her. because Shalon messed it all up. <laughs> Lifting a hand to cup one. Shalon, she assumed, though she could not be certain. Ivory said there wasn't always a direct correlation between objects and their manifestation in Shadesmar. She couldn't touch the soul before her, not completely. Its natural power repelled her hand, as if she were trying to push two pieces of magnetized stone against one another. A sudden screech broke Shademar's silence. 
Yasna jumped, spinning. It sounded like a trumping beast, only overlaid by the sound of glass breaking. The terrible noise drove a shiver up her spine. It sounded like it had come from someplace nearby. Ivory gasped. He leaped forward, grabbing Yasna by the arm. We must go. What is that? Yasna asked. Grinder, Ivory said. You call them painspren. Painspren are harmless. On your it's side, the opposite, Yasna. <laughs> Here, harm more. Very harm more. Come, he yanks on her arm. Wait. The ship's crew would die because of her. Storms, she had not thought that the ghost bloods would be so bold. But what to do? She felt like a child here, newborn. Years of study had taught her so little. Could she do anything to those souls above her? She couldn't even distinguish which were the assassins and which were the crew. The screech sounded again, coming closer. Yasna looked up, growing tense. This place was so alien, with ridges and mountains of pure black obsidian, a landscape that was perpetually dim. Small beads of glass rolled about her feet, representations of inanimate objects in the physical realm. Perhaps... She fished among them, and these she could identify immediately by touch. Three plates from the galley, one bead each, a trunk holding clothing, several of her books... Her hand hesitated. Oh, storms, this was a disaster. Why hadn't she prepared better? Her contingency plan in case of an assassination attempt had been to play dead using faint amounts of stormlight from gems sewn into the hem of her dresses to stay alive. But she'd foolishly expected assassins to appear in the night, strike her down, then flee. She'd not prepared for a mutiny, an assassination led by a member of the crew. They would murder everyone on board. Yasna, Ivory said, sounding more desperate. We must not be in this place. Emotions from the ship. Draw them. She dropped the spheres, representing her books, and ran her fingers to the other spheres, seeking their ropes, the bonds tying the sailors as they were executed. She found a group of them and seized the spheres. She drew in the last of her stormlight, a few gemstones worth. So little. The landscape reacted immediately. Beads on the ground nearby shivered and rolled towards her, seeking the stormlight. The calls of the pain spread intensified. It was even closer now. Ivory breathed in sharply, and high above, several long ribbons of smoke descended out of the clouds and began to circle around her. Stormlight was precious here. It was power, currency even, perhaps life. Without it, she'd be defenseless. "'Can I use this light to return?' she asked him. "'Here?' he shook his head. "'No. We must find a stable junction. "'Honor's perpendicularity, perhaps, though it is very distant. "'But, Yasna, the grinders will soon be!' "'Yasna gripped the bead in her hand. "'You,' she commanded, "'will change.' "'I am a rope,' one of them said. <laughs> "'I am a—you will change!' The ropes shivered, transforming, one by one, into smoke in the physical realm. That's the end of the short story. So, Shalon, in your words, killed the boat. Did a murder. Yasna uh, took everybody's ropes off so they have a swimming chance. <laughs> hey, Emily. Hey, Megan. You were right. I was right. 
<laughs> so funny. Listen, I am afraid that I've used up all of my witchy powers because I called Adolin and Shalon. And I called uh-huh. Yasna. I don't think I have anything left in me, but I'm okay with that because she's alive. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the next character that dies, you're going to just have to let them go. Oh, no. I don't want to do that. Do we have to read Oathbringer? Can you just... <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, sure. We could just, we could just stop here. Okay. <laughs> at my triumph. We'll stop at my triumph. Okay. Well, this is where the podcast ends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so believe- fun. I can't believe it. <sighs> like, I have all this adrenaline going through me. Right uh-huh, uh-huh. So, listeners, if anyone has a fanfic of what Wit and Yasna talked about on their week back to civilization, I would like to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily, much earlier in the books, you wished for a scene where Yasna and Hoyd were together. You wished for Shalon and Hoyd scenes, and you wished for Yasna and Hoyd scenes. But I got so both there. of them. You got both of them. Um. So I'm thinking that we'll use the recording from this as our the audio for the episode that we'll release. Okay. So do you have a copy of your book nearby? I do. All right. Open up to epilogue. Okay. Listeners, do you want to hang out and hear what it's like when we record it? This one will be this one will be a shorter episode because it's literally just the epilogue. It's and literally the short just story. me uh just like enjoying my triumph. So did you say no? I said so. Oh, so. Hi, everyone. My name is Megan, and I should be cleaning my apartment. My name is Emily, and I'm just going to bask in my rightness. But instead. In, well, in addition to. We're making a podcast. We're making a podcast. Hey, Emily. Uh, this episode, we are covering the epilogue, Art and Expectation. And uh, Emily, first brush. What are you? What did you think about the episode? <laughs> I was right. She's alive. And I was right. And I am just going to love this forever that I was right about this. I didn't think I was right about this. It was just kind of a joke. But Yasna's not dead. Yasna's back, baby. Not only is she alive, but you 100% guessed how she survived, which was fleeing <laughs> into Shadesmar. Although, from reading the short story, it didn't seem like you were 100% correct because you thought it was a fake body. Mm -hmm. No, she let her real, actual body get stabbed. She pretended to be dead and then was yanked into Shadesmar. Mm -hmm. And so, Emily, you know how when Shalon's stumbling about in the dark and she doesn't step on Yasna, she doesn't trip over the body even a little? And you were like, it's because the body's not there? Correct. Um, you are going to have to go back and listen to the episode where we talk about that because you were just like, correct prediction, correct prediction, correct prediction. And I'm, (laughs) I'm sulking in the corner. Like, could you be a little sad about this? Because I cried. Okay. (laughs) When I was reading Words of Radiance at midnight and Yasna and Shalon were talking on the deck and I was like this is great this is awesome and then Yasna died and I was like it's not fair it's not fair she got Obi-Wan Kenobi'd um 
But instead of Obi-Wan Kenobi, she got Gandalfed. And mm-hmm. she, she's coming back. She's coming back. It's going to take her a uh, while to get there, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm really surprised. I, I'm happy it happened. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm surprised and I can't believe it happened like this. But like, I'm really happy it happened like that. Especially because she comes back and like, she's been operating under the assumption that like she's the only one who can save Roshar she's the only one who can tell people what's wrong and she's like she comes back and she's talking to Wit and she's like we don't have time this terrible thing's gonna happen and he's like it already happened and she's like it already happened uh well we need to find this thing and he's like it's already found and she's like this other thing and he's like taken care of it's no that's it (laughs) we did it Which is, poor, poor Yasna. Poor Yasna. Because I think, what does he say? Um, He talks about it being her apprentice. And Yasna straight up says, you're lying. Because, remember, we talked about Shalon's superpower is people underestimating her. And Mm -hmm. Yasna, I think, is the worst offender of them all when it came to that. Because here's this princess who is amazing and educated and kind of aloof and just really really Mm -hmm. sure of herself and i don't think shalon could have grown into the person that she is now if yasna had been here this whole book i think shalon would have just been delegated to the shadows and not been able (laughs) to the shadow planes (laughs) but um that was my listen the part where she talks with wit and she's like we need to do this and he's like it's done that's my favorite part <laughs> listen something terrible is going to happen yeah it already happened <laughs> um so it seems kind of obvious now because everyone has them but yasna has a shard blade mm-hmm. i was which actually means, which means oh, you she, has, she has ivory and ivory uh-huh. is the spren and so Yasna's a radiant um, mm-hmm. I was actually wondering the other day, and I meant to bring it up in our next episode, but I was so worried about Ivory. Well, that's now. That's mm-hmm. now. I was so worried about Ivory and that he was going to be dead. And I'm just like, no, we just got to know him. And nope, he's been hanging out with Yasna on a Shadesmar road trip. Nice. Ooh, um, I, I'm interested to see if Yasna is going to be a different person after all of this. Like her experiences showing her how little she knows or if she's just going to slide right back into being who she was before because she's back in her world and she's back with like like the ground underneath her feet again where she's able to use her powers and have access to Stormlight and all that stuff. So we know Brandon has told us who the flashback narrator will be for every single book. I would think it's Yasna for the next one, just so we can find out more. But am I wrong? Uh, Rafo. <clears throat> Sorry. Rude. Rude. I do this uh, for you. I, I, You do, and I appreciate you. And I, I don't think I will tell you who the flashback people are. Until maybe we get to book four. And I know that's okay. like forever, but like, so book five is coming out next year. And mm-hmm. then there's going to be a significant break between books five and six. And so my hope is when we get to the end of book five, that's 
one, when I make you watch Steven Universe, <laughs> uh, that'll be like my next long thing I, I pick that'll hopefully spread the time for us between books five and six. And two, I think it'd be really fun to be able to tell you that we know who the flashback narrators will be through books five through ten. Okay. But I don't want you to know because I don't want you to know who lives, who dies, or who tells the story. Got it. Got it. Okay. But I hope if we ever did get a Yazda book that we could find out more about things. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, um, I'm, I'm taking a poll. Wit took a poll of the, the crab people, and I'm taking a poll of one, just of Emily. Okay. How, how... Tell me about Wit and Yasna walking back for a week and what you think that's like. I think they're going to be in danger of killing each other. They like, know each other previously, so, like, they're not they strangers. Do. No, no. And I was actually, I was kind of waiting for her to be like, oh, you're the new King's Wit, but it sounds like he's been there for a while. Do we know if Yasna went to the Shattered Plains, like, during the during the war, or was she always out searching for answers like i'm trying um, to think when wit would have shown up yeah at this point i'm not sure but it's possible okay she does call him wit she doesn't call him Hoyt. she calls him wit mm-hmm. so i don't i don't know i don't know when they met okay i think they're gonna be really annoyed with each other i think yazda will try his patience and vice versa okay now, now I'm going to talk about the last paragraph okay. about how Yasna is talking about how, sorry, the last page, that there is no God and there is no Almighty because the, the God of humans was a fabrication. Mm-hmm. And I know that we've touched upon points in this in this book, but I'm going to lay this out for you very clearly so you know and you're not in the next book, you're not going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> Honor, Tanavast is one of these beings that has a an aspect as his name, right? We've heard of mm-hmm. honor and odium and ruin and preservation mm-hmm. and um, harmony, slightly newer one. Mm-hmm. So honor was one of those really big, epic, powerful beings. Mm-hmm. And, and honor was a god of Roshar. Okay. And odium killed him. Okay. That's what they mean when they say honor is dead. Is Tanavast is dead. So before he was honor, he was called Tanavast. Okay. And the Mistborn gods, we know that they had names before they became ruin and preservation. Mm-hmm. Ati and that other guy. <laughs> so Tanavast was the name of the dude before he became honor. How does mm-hmm. that happen? You don't know. And... Honor was killed. Laris. Okay, thank you, chat. <laughs> when I was like, the other guy, chat is instantly like, Laris. It's Laris. I knew they'd come thank to the you. rescue. So, AT and Laris became ruin and preservation and ended up on schedule. Okay. So, are you with me so far? That Honor, Tanavast, was worshipped as God, as the Almighty. But he wasn't yes, really. But he, he... Well, like, what is... What does it mean to be a god? Well, because we'll get Wit more says into that he later. was not god. He was a fine enough fellow, bought me drinks once. Bought okay. me drinks once. Now, this is a this is a big cosmere mystery that you're gonna get you're gonna get more 
answers for. So is there is there a God who created the Cosmere? How did this all happen? That's what Brandon. the heck? What the hecky is a <laughs> shard? Remember in Warbreaker, all those characters were called gods? Mm-hmm. Like the Pantheon gods. But they weren't really like what we think of as phenomenal cosmic power. Yeah. So Tanavast was fancier than that, mm-hmm. but less fancy than what an actual, like what people think of when they think of an almighty God creator of the universe. Okay. So we better start, we better start a power stacking scale where mm-hmm. we've got all of the people with aspect names here, honor, odium, ruin, preservation. Mm-hmm. Help me out, guys. What's the Elantris gods? What's their names? Chat! Aona <laughs> <laughs> and Sky were their human names. And mm-hmm. it's ranks because just told me they were Dominion and Devotion. Okay. The two Ds. Um, so Aona and Sky are now both dead, and that which they held has been shattered. Okay. Or splintered. And that's what the little aeons are. Is there are splinters, there are pieces of them. Mm-hmm. This is similar to, but not exactly like, how honor is dead, but there's still little honor spread running around. Mm-hmm. It's not like a one-to-one perfect or whatever. But basically, okay. if you have a, a powerful being, you can break him into pieces, and it's just like smaller pieces of power. Okay. There we go. So, okay. in the next book, I want you to keep your eye out for gods with aspect names or beings okay. with aspect names and okay. try to figure out how the heck are those made now we okay. are going to get into oathbringer and i will tell you who the flashback character is for oathbringer okay because it's something else you guessed it's dalinar <laughs> yes oh my gosh do we meet his wife do we meet the secret wife rayfo and ah, she's not no. a secret she died <laughs> she was a secret before no, she wasn't. He just forgot. It's not a well, secret if you forget. It's a secret to me. <laughs> Everyone has secret wives. It's unfair. Listen, physics isn't a secret just because you don't understand it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, that's kind of all I've got for this little piece. We are going to pin at a later date. You and I are going to do our in-between episode where I repeat the questions I asked you at the beginning of the book and okay. oh Emily I am so sorry to tell you this but Ransk in the chat has just told us that he has a wife so <gasps> there is a secret wife in there our discord is a secret wife. <laughs> they're everywhere <laughs> Emily has informed me that if I ever have a secret wife she will never speak to me again <laughs> I'll be friends with, I have to tell I'll be her. friends with the wife but not Megan anymore she can't do that yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. Priscilla says, Adolin and Renarin's existence should be sufficient evidence Dalinar got busy at some point. So obviously Okay, she okay. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Maybe they yeah, could have so been adopted. I don't know. You won't know until we read the book. But before we read Oathbringer... We are going to do a special episode on Edge Dancer, and we're going to do a special episode on the Emperor's Soul. Mm-hmm. So y'all can look forward to that. And now I'm going to play Magical Wind Chimes, and that will take us into our in-between episode for books two and three. Biddy-dee-dee-dee.
Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Pick up the book. Pick up your book. First of all, we got to do a song of the week. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I think it's going to be vindicated. Yeah. By relating. <laughs> Yes, yes, I love I that. I was Thank right. You. I swear I'm right. Swear I knew it all along. And Emily, I need you to tell me who is in front of the epilogue, the pictures of the of the heralds. Oh, I'm so sorry. I I get what you mean now. Well, it's Wit, and it is. oh, we don't see this one very often. She has like a is it Batar Batal. I believe it is with the gem on her forehead. Hey! I figure by at least the last chapter of the book, I should be Look able to Look how great you right. are. Now, Emily, I'm going to have you take a wild guess. Mm-hmm. Which order of Knights Radiant is Batar the head of? She's the el- else one that, that Yasna is. Yeah! She's uh, the elf callers! Okay. Emily. I always thought you were saying elk caller. And I'm like, I don't understand Wah. why it's called okay. Emily, is Oathbringer near you? Yeah, it's on, it's right there I want on you, my... I want you to go pick it up and look at the cover. You can finally look at the cover of Oathbringer. Okay, give me one second. I'll be right back. Oh. Okay, hold on. Let me get all set up. I haven't looked at it yet. I know. And there's a very specific reason why I told you you couldn't. But look at it now. Okay. Hold on. There's I'm a very specific look. reason why I told you you couldn't look. So look at it now. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, is that Yasna? Is that Yasna on the couch? Yasna. <laughs> and I was oh. so afraid you'd see it and be like, she's obviously not dead. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to read this one. Um... Don't read the book, but open it up and look at the end papers. Wait, I'm so sorry. Open up the book and look at the end. Uh, of sorry, the, book? the papers. So yeah, look at those two paintings. Okay. And then there's two more paintings at the front of the book, and you're gonna look at those as well. Oh, is this Yezrian? Yes, it is. Oh, hey. And is this Batal because she's got the? Or is it Lightweaver? Is it? Sh- uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's Batar. Okay. Maybe. Batar with an R, not an L. Sorry. Yeah. Batar with Ooh. an R. Ooh, that's so pretty. Who did the artwork for these? I am looking that up for you right now. And that but... is Ishar. And pretty sure that one's supposed to be Shalash with the light weaving okay. dress. Okay. Let me double check. It's beautiful. Okay, so the first two, Ishar and Shalash, yeah, mm-hmm. those are both bore, those are both painted by Dan DeSantos. Oh, I know that name. He has an in-universe cameo as Dandos the Oil Sworn. Okay. Uh, Shalon <laughs> read his book to learn her, learn her thing. And mm-hmm. then the back cover, those two are done by Howard Lyon, who I support on Patreon and is very cool. And they are Yezrian and Vedaledev. Oh, Vedaledev. So that's by, okay. oh, right, because she's holding keys by Vedaledev's Golden Keys. And mm. Emily, you would be delighted to know these are all oil paintings. <gasps> I am delighted. These are not digital. They are 
full-size oil paintings, some of which I have seen in person, and they're gorgeous. So there's four in Oathbringer, and then there's four in Rhythm of War. Can I go look at Rhythm of War? No! Cannot look at the cover of Rhythm of War, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to torment you for the rest of your life. Sorry. Sorry. I'm back. I'm back. Emily just just asked me such a stupid question that I popped out of the Discord. (laughs) Can I go look at Rhythm of War? No! (laughs) Listen, you can't blame a girl for trying. Ugh. Well, thank you everyone for coming to today's stream. Um, Let me know personally if there are scenes in Oathbringer you'd particularly like. Maybe we can mend the rift of the distance Emily and I have together and we can record record stuff together at some point. We can record stuff and together. And who knows, maybe Emily will find out that even more people have secret wives. <laughs> I'm just saying, when are we going to get this Skeptical turned around Mario and find some what I did secret there. husbands? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Ranks wants us to live read the entirety of the longest chapter in the book. Great. Done. I'm definitely going to live read you the epilogue. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to bow out from this stream. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Thank and you so much. We're going to have a good old time. Yeah. Bye. All right. Bye. That was fun. And you were so... You were so right. Yes. Emily, I've been... Listen, Yasna died in our reading like a year ago. Easy. And I've been holding it in the whole time. Hi, listeners. Welcome to another very special interlude episode on our journey to get to Oathbringer. My name is Megan, and I should be drawing fan art. My name is Emily and I should be working on my book because I have a lot of really great ideas because I just came back from a writing conference and it was amazing. Well, I'm glad you have all those extra ideas, but you can't because instead we're making a podcast. No, you say instead. Instead. We're making a podcast. We're making a podcast. I know you like to do the high part. Uh, so today is the first of our three interlude episodes you guys are getting this is the the cool down talk about words of radiance predictions for oathbringer episode and then we have two very special guests very special episodes where we will also be talking about edge dancer and the emperor's soul so this is your heads up to read both of those projects They both can be found in the Arcanum Unbounded Collected Works book. So there you go. Here's your heads up. But today, Emily, today we are talking about Words of Radiance. What? Are we going to talk about Brandon Sanderson? We will. Let let me finish. Okay. Hey, Emily, do you have a story (laughs) about Brandon? You you do your thing. No, I'll wait. I'll wait on your cue. Oh my gosh, look what it says on my notes. It says, have Emily talk about Brandon Sanderson. (laughs) 
Okay. That's you. Go. Hey, Emily, where were you this weekend? So this weekend I went to Storymakers. It is a writer's conference that is held here in Utah. And it's two very intensive days of classes. You can meet agents. You can pitch your book. Like you, you arrange beforehand to pitch your books to them, to have them look over your query letters and give you feedback. And at the end of it, end of everything, uh, they have a big book signing. So all the authors that are there, they have a lot of authors coming in and you can buy all their books through the weekend. And Brandon Sanderson's name was on the book signing list. And everybody's super excited because Brandon Sanders is going to be there because he did teach a couple classes, but they were like the extra special ones that you had to like apply to like forever in advance. So at our final lunch, of the conference, they announced that everyone look under your chairs and there should be a piece of paper under some of them. And those people that got a piece of paper with like a star sticker on it were the only ones invited to go and meet Brandon Sanderson and have him sign his books. And so I had asked Megan previously. Uh Yeah. Because they were going to do a grand prize drawing at the end of the conference for 20 books and a very cute tote. Um, And I said, Megan, I need your good vibes. I need your good vibes. Please, please put that out in the universe. I know you're very good at drawings and things like that. Uh, You know, sweepstakes Uh, and giveaways. feedback, you guys. The reason why Emily's asking me this specifically is every time I've gone to a Brandon Sanderson signing, I've won something in the drawing. Like my ticket's been pulled out. I got you know, my ATM earrings that way, and I got my VIN t-shirt that way, and then one time I won something to impress my friend who came with me. So, yeah. That is why I reached out to her, and she was like, no problem, I'm on it. So, uh, underneath my chair, there was no paper, and I was like, oh, okay, that's okay, that's okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Well, the lady, one of the ladies at my table was like, she got it and she's like, oh, I didn't bring any of my books with me. And she turns to her friend because we're at a table, we're intermingling, we don't know everybody. She turns to her friend and she gives her the paper. She's like, here, if do you want it? And the lady took it. And I was like, okay, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. Um, and the lady thought about it for a minute and she goes, um, I don't have any of my books with me either. So here, take that back. And I was just like, hey. If you're giving it away, I asked for what I wanted. I asked the universe for what I wanted. And she was like, yeah, no problem. for what you wanted. (laughs) (laughs) And that's so cool, Emily. She gave it to me. And I'm just like, you don't even know how, like, happy I am. I didn't cry, but it was a near thing. So I had actually brought a bunch of Brandon Sanderson books with me because I was like, oh, just in case he's there and I can get him to sign it, you know, as as a long shot because I'm an over planning freak that does that and so I'm sitting in some of the classes later because I'd gone to the I'd gone to the bookstore where you can go and buy all the author stuff Brandon Sanderson stuff was sold out like I saw them multiple times bring out waves of other books other Brandon books and people just descended and bought them and like it was like tumbleweeds like cricket noises like there's nothing there so I'm sitting in one of my final classes and there's a, a lady there and she's going I got one of the cards to get this author to sign books, but I don't really know who he is or what he's written. Did and you tell her to listen to our podcast? No, I did <laughs> I mean, this is a very long story. I'm just telling you guys my experience. It was so much fun. This conference was great. I'm so excited. 
I'm standing in line that night to get my book signed. And I was like, oh, I'd, I'd brought The Way of Kings, Words of Radiance, Elantris. I also brought Emperor, The Emperor's Soul, but I decided against getting that one signed because I'm like, I haven't actually read it yet. We're going to read it. I live in Utah. I will probably have an opportunity to get this signed at a future date. So I only wanted him to sign the books that I had read. So we get up to the table and he's so gracious and so nice and he's very welcoming, which I would think would just be exhausting if you have to interact with all of these people that you don't know. And, and I don't know, it just, I, I think he's great. And so come up with my books and he opens up Palantris and he goes, oh, this one's already signed. What? By who? <laughs> Listeners, I have no memory of how this happened. <laughs> so, do you know what's possible? What? You might have my copy of Elantris. No, this one's mine because it has a BYU-Idaho bookstore sticker okay, on it. Okay, Because I usually, he used to sign all of the... Uh, there used to be a bookstore in the Salt Lake City Airport by Gate C, and he would always sign all of his books there whenever he traveled through. And I would usually buy them and give them as gifts. So, but oh. if you definitely got yours from BYU Bookstore, then yeah, yeah. So I bought this book my first or second year of college back in the early early two thousands. And so I'm wondering, I can't, I don't think it was already signed. What I have got to think has happened because I have no memory of ever meeting him and getting this book signed. I don't think that ever happened. I wonder if Megan, at one of the releases I sent you with this book or you offered to get it signed or something. That doesn't, I don't think so. I have no idea how there's already a signature in this Maybe. book. Okay, wait, let me look at my, cause, cause. I wouldn't have gotten it done at the Words of Radiance signing. Okay. And I didn't get in line in the Oathbringer signing because he had pre-signed all the books he was giving out. I might have done it at a Mistborn Midnight release. I'm going to go check my... Uh, so I have an Instagram post of when I got the Arcanum Unbounded signed. So maybe... We'll, we'll see if... We'll see if your copy of Elantris <laughs> is in my one photo with Brandon. Because you've done that before. You've taken books to get a uh, book signed for me. Okay. I believe you. Then that's, I guess that's the likeliest explanation. It's got to be the likeliest po- explanation. But while you're looking that up, I again want to reiterate, Brandon Sanderson's one of the kindest, nicest human beings on the planet. And he signed my book a second time. So I <laughs> have two signatures in my book. I will just bring it every time I meet him and just see how many signatures I can get. Just load it on up. Sorry, my you're good. Instagram is taking forever to load. It would have been before I moved to California, so that's how far back it was. Over seven years ago. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, you can't see what book Dang is in it. the picture. <laughs> oh, you look great. You look Thanks. wonderful. Thanks. That's a good picture of Brandon. How they would have it set up is uh, we would all be in the line and then we would hand him the book to sign with our name in it and then we would stand behind him and the as he's writing in the book, because this was opening night, he would write messages in the book, the picture taker would go, okay, and Brandon would look up and smile and that's how you got your picture and then he'd finish signing <laughs> your book and there you go. <laughs> Megan gave me a heart attack yesterday. 
I did. Yeah, we were talking about this and laughing at how funny it was. And I was like, oh, he personalized, you know, Way of Kings. <laughs> and he wrote something in it after he put my name in it. And I don't know what it is. So I'm really excited to like find out. And Meg's like, wouldn't it be hilarious if he wrote Journey Before Destination? And I literally found an excuse to pull over and check the book to see if that's really what he wrote because I, you guys know me. I hate that phrase, <laughs> but he didn't. He wrote Life Before Death. And so we are all, we're all good and we're all set. But yes, I have half of my Stormlight Archives books signed. And like I said, I kind of want to only have him sign, you know, if I ever get this opportunity again, only want him to sign the books that I have read. It just feels, it feels right to me. So there you go. And I really think you should bring back your Alonzo and get it signed every time you meet him. Anyways, it was a really, really fun weekend. Thank you to everyone who helped me get there and got me the paper. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. Hey, Emily. Hey, Megan. At first brush, what did you think about Words of Radiance? (gasps) Okay. Okay. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say this and I hope it doesn't sound judgy or mean. Intrusive thoughts on the podcast. Go. Ready, go. I loved Words of Radiance, but comparing... Maybe we should leave this for later. I was going to say comparing... No, leave it in. Leave okay. Leave it in. Uh, the climax of Way of Kings, I loved better than the climax in Words of Radiance because I felt like, well, of course they're going to find a way through all of this. In Words of Radiance, they're going to get to your theory. They're going to do all this stuff. I loved in Words of Radiance how he put all those cliffhangers right at the end because you've had a chance to like, oh, we made it. Oh, it's time to breathe. Oh, no. I think that is a great way to hook people to keep coming um, because a lot of, I say a lot of times, like I know this, but the middle, you know, movie in a trilogy trilogy. second is always the hardest and so words of radiance didn't quite grab me like way of kings did uh i feel like words of radiance was a lot of very interesting but it was just quote unquote setup um Mm -hmm. but the ending where it's just like ah han's been frozen in carbonite adolin stabs Sadius in the eye (laughs) like Um, i'm i mean i would even if I didn't like Words of Radiance, I would still keep reading. I do like Words of Radiance. I just, I I loved Shallan's journey. You guys remember how much I was not a fan at the beginning with her choices. Murdering a boat. Murder, murdered the boat. I liked seeing her journey because um, I, I noticed something that, uh, something I'd said before is Shallan's superpower is people underestimating her. And I realized I did that throughout the whole book. I was just like, she'll never be able to do this. She's making all the wrong choices, blah, 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 blah. And so by the end, when she's proven to me how cool she is, I was just like, oh, yeah, I totally didn't believe in her at the beginning. I totally underestimated her throughout the book. And I thought that was kind of a full circle for me. Emily, we are now going to flash back in time to our Words of Radiance uh, uh, our Way of Kings interlude episode, and mm-hmm. I'm going to read to you kind of a summary of what you thought Words of Radiance was going to be about. Okay. Um, your guess is that the Words of Radiance were the words that the Knights Radiant had to speak aloud. 
Uh, you were afraid that the main central plot point would be an issue splitting the high princes, making them choose to follow Dalinar or follow Sadius. Mm -hmm. uh, you believed that your theory was real and you wished for, quote, an El Dorado moment where they go through the rock <laughs> and fly <laughs> to the physical city. Um, I got you it! Also, you also... Um, we're interested to see about what the effects of the final battle were on the Parshendi, and you wished we could learn more about them and the Parshendi Shardbearer. And you also hoped that Kaladin would be kidnapped by the Parshendi to learn from them. I do. I remember that. And then you said, tell me Sadius gets his <laughs> So you were four for five there. Cal did not get kidnapped by the Parshendi in this book. But... No. <laughs> That was pretty good. That was, that was pretty, pretty good. good. So you. for you and for the listeners, I am quickly going to summarize words of radiance based on each part. So okay. we started with a prologue where, once again, it was the night of Gavilar's murder, this time from Yasna's point of view. Mm -hmm. um, and we see her starting out on her else caller journey. Um, for part one, Kaladin and Bridge Four got used to being in Dalinar's honor guard. Uh, and at every high storm, we started getting strange glyphs written on the walls. Shalon and Yasna get on a boat and they are sailing to try and get to the Shattered Plains. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> the boat goes down. Whose fault could it be? Indeterminate. But Yasna is apparently assassinated in front of Shalon's eyes. And then the boat is apparently assassinated right in front of Emily's. <laughs> in this book, the flashback character is Shalon. And we see her horrible childhood after the death of her mother, the descent into abuse by her father, and the effects it radiates out on her family. In part two, Shalon is the only survivor, we think, of the shipwreck, and she falls in with several different groups of traders, merchants, um, ending up building a team until she finally ends up with someone called Tin. And America's treasured animating director, Bluth. Yes. Um... Kaladin starts to chafe a bit under the command of Dalinar, especially when Dalinar brings an old friend to the Shattered Plains. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, we have a running bit of a... Again, these strange glyphs are being written on the wall during high storms. Adolin is suspicious of Kaladin. He thinks there's definitely something up with him. Uh, Kaladin learns to ride a horse, and in part two, Kaladin and Shallan meet for the first time, and she cons him out of his boots while pretending to be a horn-eater princess. And then at the end of part two, Shallan and Tin find out a bunch of secrets about each other at once, and Shallan ends up killing Tin. Mm -hmm. In part three, Shallan makes it to the Shattered Plains. She secures allies immediately and secures Adolin Colin's interest. Kaladin meets an old friend from Warbreaker on the training grounds. Not Yay. his old friend, our old friend. <laughs> and Adolin Colin has been dueling other shard bearers at the request of his father in order to win more shards for the Colin house. 
there's all kinds of hormones flying through the air between <laughs> Kaladin and Shallan and Adolin as all three of these groups are either loving or hating each other. <laughs> and Kaladin starts to get hints of dissent from his buddy Moash, who it appears is involved in a plot to potentially murder the king. Oh, no. Shallan makes a suggestion in dueling, leading Adolin, Colin, uh, Dalinard, Navani, Elokar. They come up with this plan to trap Sadius, this huge duel that Adolin challenges one of his competitors. I'll fight you and whomever you bring. And when we win this, Elokar is supposed to grant them a boon to let them fight Sadius. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great. Uh, in the meantime, Shallan is following up on Tin's contacts, and she becomes involved with the Ghost Bloods, uh, leading her into a world of intrigue and drawing her further into the plots of Amaram, who it appears is of special interest to the Ghost Bloods. We get to the day of the big duel. It's Emily's highlight of the whole book, probably, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's pretty epic. And Adolin has to fight four people at once, and absolutely no one will help him. <laughs> That's not quite true. Renarin steps in and then messes up Buddy. almost immediately. Buddy. And then Kaladin steps in and is so overcome by adrenaline that at the end of the duel, in my most hated moment of the book, <laughs> Kaladin accuses Amram in front of everyone, and he asks for a chance to fight Amram while Adolin fights Sadius, leading Kaladin to be thrown in jail but cementing Adolin as his new best friend forever. Best friends for life. Yeah. Part four, Kaladin discovers that it is Elokar's, there's a domino series, how Elokar handled the imprisonment and death of Moash's grandparents and how Dalinar meted out punishment afterwards directly led to Rashon being sent to Kaladin's hometown of Hearthstone. And that all of this started, he believes, with Elokar. And as soon as he's out of prison, one, he gives Moash all the shards that Adolin granted him. And two, Kaladin says, I will help you kill the king. Uh, oh yeah, also Zeth showed up at some point and tried to kill everybody and Kaladin sent him on his way with an existential crisis. <laughs> um, part four, Kaladin and Shallan fall into a chasm because Kaladin has been making promises he cannot keep. He ends up losing contact with Syl and is afraid she is dead. Kaladin and Shallan survive a chasm fiend attack. They survive a high storm and they even survive becoming friends with each other. <laughs> and when they come back out, Dalinar leads all of his forces on a final assault onto the Shattered Plains to fight the Prashendi once and for all. Kaladin stays behind, being wounded from his interaction in the chasms and without any stormlight to heal himself and knows that uh, this is the night that Moash is going to kill the king and decides he's going to stand up and help. Oh, him. he's going to stand up. As Shallan goes out with everyone onto the Shattered Plains, she is determined to find the ancient city of Urethiru. But the Parshendi, or as we now know them, the listeners, things have been going really south with them. During the interludes, we've been checking in with Eshenai and seeing this new form her sister Venli discovered is driving them further and further down the path of danger. And so when the Alethi forces show up, um, combined with the few other high princes that turned their backs on Sadius and joined us, we find a much bigger challenge on the plains than we originally intended. Kaladin stands up 
Fleet never stopped running, and he proved himself once again worthy of his nail bond with Sill. She not only comes to him as he says the words to swear his third ideal of the night's radiant, but it turns out she can become a shard weapon, whatever he needs, which is great because Zeth is here. Kaladin and Zeth fight to the death. Asterisk, version one of the book versus version two of the book. And here's how things wrap up. Shalon finds Yurithiru. Renarin admits his struggles is because he's got a spren. And... Dalinar bonds the Stormfather! <laughs> and Kaladin says goodbye to his friend Moash. Just kidding, he doesn't say goodbye. Moash runs away with his tail between his legs. But that <laughs> is my wrap-up of Words of Radiance. That is a great wrap-up. That is well done. That's a long book. It is a long book. <laughs> and I didn't even really get into the interludes. But before we do that, Emily... Uh, like we did for book one, mm-hmm. I am going to ask you, what was your highlight for the book? It was the duel, the Adolin Kaladin versus the world duel, because I know this sounds silly to say, but so much happened there. Like that for me was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, it was, there was like the, the desperation of Dalinar, like, will no one help me? And the betrayal of Amaram, who's just going, I'm not going to help him. And later when Amaram's like, well, I couldn't because I'm I'm in charge of the Radiance and I can't show favor to anybody. And so like Amaram thinks he's so slick. Um, <laughs> thinks he's so much better than that. <laughs> so, so much better than us. And just like, I feel like Kaladin going down into the ring and being like, honor may be dead, but I'll see what I can do is like his mm-hmm. big, like almost... I told you so moment. Not that he had told Dalinar anything, but just the idea of like, here's this dark eyes coming down to beat the snot out of everybody else in front of the entire court. Oh, it was delicious. It was wonderful. And, and Adolin laughing when they win, he's just like lying there. Like all of his armor is like cracked and broken and, you know, bleeding stormlight. And he's just laughing. Brandon really captured just the emotion of what is going on in the scene. And I really liked that. That was, I, that was my favorite, my favorite part of the book. Um, I would say that's also my favorite scene, but so now I'm going to pick something different. So we just had the same one. Mm-hmm. I actually loved finding out the connection between, I loved finding out what happened to Helloran. Mm-hmm. That like shocked and surprised me more than anything that Kaladin was the one who killed Helloran. But Amaram has taken credit for it, so Shalon thinks that Amaram did it. Yes, the setup for the misunderstandings in the future. Usually I hate the misunderstanding trope, but this uh-huh. this is going to be good. This one's going to be good. Do you remember when we... I've, I've gone back and listened to some of our previous episodes. Do you remember we were talking about Helloran at one point? And this is like when we were reading The Way of Kings, I want to yeah, say. Yeah. And you just do this big... <gasps> gasp and you're just like i just remembered what happened to him and i'm like what what happened to him and you're like don't worry about it let's keep going (laughs) so mad it was this it was me remembering that kaladin was the one who killed him because i always not always but like i'll forget i'll forget that happened and then it'll you know it's all coming back it's (laughs) (laughs) there was sharp plate of gold and there were murders all night (laughs) 
Okay, do you have a least favorite moment of the book? I'm still sticking with Shalon murdering the boat. I love it. <laughs> Listeners, Emily had a huge amount of correct predictions this time around. Mm-hmm. And now, Emily, I will admit, I did not finish going through our podcast and writing them all down. Okay. But before this episode comes out, I want to read a list mm-hmm. of them because you got so many things right. So I'll be like, da and for me, the two biggest that she just nailed right on the head was one, the existence of Shalon's shard blade, <laughs> and two, Yasna's not dead. Not only that, <laughs> but like exactly how Yasna survived. Okay, so I was actually talking to some friends on the Discord, and they were like, are you sure you didn't just read ahead and then guess, quote unquote? I'm like, no, like... And I'm not even saying like, oh, I'm so good at this or whatever. It's just like that to me honestly felt like the most organic way the story would go. Well, the Yasna thing I was more like hoping was true. I didn't like and I kind of like, meant it as a goof the whole time where I'm yeah. like riling you up, Megan. And so when you live read the final thing and Yasna shows up and it's not pattern talking in Yasna's voice, I was overjoyed. And like from my end, I could tell at one point when you were goofing, and I'm like, "How often am I gonna have to bald face lie and say <laughs> she died, she's dead, she's gone?" And so if you guys re-listen to this, at some point, every time Emily says that, I'll just be like, "Okay, whatever you think." Okay. <laughs> um, Emily, in book two, can you give me your three favoriteest characters and your three least favorite characters? Mm, Sabariel. Is one of my favorite characters. I'm going to count Sabariel and is it Paloma or Polona? Yeah. Paloma. Those two together as like a team. I love them together. Just the way that he presents himself as this like devil may care. I'm really, really, you know, lazy. And so I never go out and find gemstones and all these things. But in the meantime, he is like the mafia, the head mafia dude running this huge empire behind the scenes. I, I loved his, I'm going to say deviousness, but I don't mean it in a derogatory way. I just, I, I loved, loved this character. And I really hope we get to see more of him in the next one. So Uncle Sabariel is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'll, I'll admit, Delinar was not one of them this time. He really got on my nerves a couple times. Mm-hmm. Plus, we didn't get a lot of Dalinar in this book. Yeah. Because there would just be ages at a time where we just didn't hear from him at all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so sabario's one zeth is still one of my favorites i loved his journey i i am so scared to see where it's going like like it's something i want to watch from afar with like my hands over my eyes but like a little tiny thing is peeking out like i feel so bad for seth I feel so bad for him. And I can't wait to see what happens next. I cannot wait to see what Naylin does with him. Like, I'm scared for Zeth of, at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't mention this in our summary, but Zeth gets recruited by one of the Heralds mm-hmm. to go to justice camp. <laughs> and he gets a new sword. And he gets a new sword? name is Nightblood. A blast from the past. (laughs) 
My third one. My third one. Uh, it's not exactly a tie. If I could do four, I would say Adolin and then Renarin. So I don't think Renarin quite makes the cut this time. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him in book three. But Adolin's whole journey surprised me and delighted me. Just him getting to like live in his element of finally dueling the thing. I feel like that has got to be his calling. Like, like. It is. It literally is. It literally is. Okay. So like, you know, Kaladin's amazing with the spear. Uh, Adolin is amazing with the sword. And when he finally gets to like basically take the chains off and just gets to duel to his heart's content, just seeing that happiness that what it fulfills in him was really fun. And I loved uh, watching him and Shalon date and get to know each other. And just to see the difference uh, of when he's dating Shalon versus when he's dating, he's tried to date other girls. Um, just the way that she also brings brings another part of Adolin out that not many people get to see. I think they're so great together. Okay. Pin in that. Because I do want to talk about shipping in a second. Okay. But... Can you tell me your three most hated characters from this book? Wait, can I guess? Yes. Uh, Risen's Bapsk. Oh, I've forgotten about that one. That one's on the list. Uh, that one's on the list. <laughs> Amaram. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, depending on where we are in the book, Shalon. Yes. Yes. Because she really grows into herself in mm-hmm. this book. Yes. And I, man... Wow. What a book for Shalon. We'll, we'll, we want to talk more about here. Okay, so those are my guesses. Do you have any spin it out different different ones? Amaram's at the top. Completely at the top. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's more in a like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see what he does next. But also, please someone see him. I want someone to see him and to see through him. Uh, we were talking earlier that because Amaram is... Uh, his kind of MO is appearing very clean, very honorable, you know, basically, yes, of course, I'm worthy to be in charge of the Knights Radiant. And finally, when, when people finally start seeing him for what he is, I want that to happen on a higher level. Just, I... I'm afraid of saying I want so-and-so to get their comeuppance because I said that with Sadia so many times. And then? And then he did. Woo-hoo. But um, Amaram to me is a fascinating character. He's so slimy, but he's so good at not appearing that way. And I, I love that. That's just so much effort and so much work to keep your plans in motion. And I think it's really fun to read that sort of thing. Nice. Um, my three faves are Yasna, as always. <laughs> I really like reading Moash's scenes in this book. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Yasna, Moash, and Eshenai. Ah. Oh, I loved getting to know Eshenai and learn about the listeners and stuff. And to know what, we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of, oh, wait. Favorites. So now I get to say least favorites. Okay. Amram, obviously. Obviously. What a, a butt. <laughs> hate that guy. Tin? I'm not very patient with Tin. I'm like, she she felt a little bit like the uh, a weak repeat of the 
con artists from Warbreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Venli, Eshenai's sister. Who, oh. Uh, Emily, Venli knows more than she is letting on. Oh, I believe that 100%. And she has led the listeners to some bad times indeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see a bad moon arising. Okay, so we had some big moments in this book mm-hmm. were there unexpected turns and twists for you that you were like whoa what whoa um yes uh the the chapter with lift i loved all the background we got i loved seeing Naylan, even though we didn't know who that was at the time um i loved the i can't remember the city of circles the city of gold what's that place called the city of You're boobs here? no Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's in Azirona. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it was such a fun new culture. And I loved seeing the way the other cultures thought. And getting getting Gaz, not Gaz. Uh, who's, who's the kid that oh, dies? Gox. 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 Yeah, getting him back uh, after he died. That was a really, that was a really... Ah, fun moment, you know, a little lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of anything that like completely shocked me. Well, obviously, Adolin stabbing Sadius in the face and killing yeah. him, like covertly, like that was to me was the biggest <gasps> moment of the whole book. That happens at the end, and so now I'm like, I am so glad that I was not reading this book the day it came out. You know, like on opening day or whatever, and realizing I'd have to wait how many more years in order to. Uh, So many. (laughs) Um, Out of curiosity, when was Words of Radiance published and when was Oathbringer published? So, Words of Radiance was published in. Words of Radiance was published in 2014. Okay. And Oathbringer was published. Oathbringer was published in 2017. Oh, that's a long time to wait. Now, you think that's a long time because it's three years, mm-hmm. but you should know that Rhythm of War came out in 2020 and Knights of Wind and Truth is going to come out in 2024. Poor. So it's, it's been about three years between each book and then book five, we've had a four year wait, but that's because Brandon's finished out Alcatraz and Mistborn and... Uh, obviously the four secret novels we got from the Kickstarter. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And, and listen, when I, I hope I don't sound like I'm complaining like, oh, that's too long. Like publishing notoriously takes forever and authors have little to no control over it. And so I don't blame Brandon at all for quote unquote, how long it's taking. I'm just saying, I'm glad I have four books that I can just read. Uh, why couldn't we have started this when all 10 books were out, Megan? Emily, Margaret, and <laughs> I have been trying to get you to read these. <laughs> oh, land sakes! So I'm gonna I'm gonna just start listing some plot twists that happened in this book that I've, I just really loved. Oh, yep. I have one more plot twist that I wanna I wanna bring up, and it is one okay. of the I want to say it's one of the interludes. It's the ardent that is taking the other ardent around and she is you know and she's so mad about everything the queen has done and this ardent's just like oh if you just go with the flow like you can change things from the inside thinking that eventually she's just going to become complacent to whatever's going on 
but she accuses the queen, El- Elokar's wife, of all of the all of these terrible things. Kind of like she's this this queen is is seems to be a Marie Antoinette type of character, unaware of you know what her people are going through or not caring what her people are going through. And that was one of my favorite chapters where it was it was just a very brief whoop, insight into things are not okay back home. And I'm curious to find out um, how much power the queen actually has. Like Navani's kind of mentioned that like she's expected to do nothing. I mean, her husband's not king anymore. But I just wonder what kind of power sh- the queen has um, or what special maybe dispensations she's been given with her husband out of country and off to war and if things were like this before everyone left or if the queen has dropped the ball or if these are advisors that are making this happen so they can get power i don't i'm very intrigued for the political aspect of these ramifications oh my gosh and i'm going to give you some amazing news right now okay that of the four that are out Oathbringer is the book that's the most about politics. Yes! And I think you personally are really going to love it. I think it's, you know, obviously it does still have action adventure typical of the book series, mm-hmm. but because Oathbringer focuses so much on politics, I think you especially are going to love it. Awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, oh, can I bring up just an insight I have about how I experience Words of Radiance? Yeah. So I didn't expect everybody to pack up and leave after, like in the first couple chapters of Words of Radiance. But looking back, I realized like at the end of Way of Kings, I mean, they've kind of won. So, I mean, you know, they come back in this big triumphant thing. And I thought Words of Radiance dragged on a little bit. And it was because I thought they were going to go back to the main city, Alethkar, and... You know, so I was surprised when like we kept like no one had mentioned that and no one had mentioned that and no one had mentioned that. And so I'm excited to get more into like the political machinations and Oathbringer. Yeah, because you really loved learning about Azir Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. how they choose their their new rulers and how different that was. Yeah. Okay, so some of my favorite plot twists in Words of Radiance. Okay. Uh, Finding out about Teravangian and the diagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Finding out that he has days where he is compassionate and days when he is clever and it is never on the same day. Yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. All of that. Um, everything with the listeners uh, being, I think, tricked into storm form. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have a, if you remember, a cliffhanger where Esh and I went down into the chasm. So, yeah. But but I'll, I'll ask you for questions and predictions. We're not in predictions yet. <laughs> um, Nightblood showing up. Nalen being revealed as Nalen mm-hmm. and finding out, oh my gosh, the heralds are still around. Mm-hmm. The delicious Dalinar making Amaram apologize. Well, Dalinar telling Amaram to apologize. Yes, yes. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> and Shalon's backstory, finding out that she killed her mother. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then finding out. Again, finding out that there was a lot of connecting of backstories this round, but Kaladin yeah. finding out why Rashawn was sent to Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good. Like, the thing is, the book could have continued on 
Okay, this is a very, very like 30,000 foot view thing, but the book could have continued on without Kaladin knowing that. But like the, like the story would have kept going, but Kaladin finding that out sets off in motion so many other things. I love, like you said, how Brandon connected those things and kind of made it much more personal. I mean, it was already personal to Kaladin, but making it the decision to kill Elokar just made so much more sense because if Kaladin had just been like, you know, Moash is right about killing the king and, and, you know, taking this, you know, cutting off a gangrenous limb or whatever, like that, I think Kaladin eventually might have been able to get there mentally, but mm-hmm. when it's connected to Elokar, Rashon, Dalinar's attitude about it, like Kaladin agreeing to go along with Moash made perfect sense to me, so... Mm-hmm. Um, now we're going to have confirmations corner. Okay. Because at the beginning, before we did Words of Radiance, I asked you for predictions. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the, the question and the answer you gave me before the book started. Okay. And then you're going to tell me what they really are. So I asked you, what is a light weaver? And you said you thought it was like underwater basket weaving, but with stormlight. <laughs> yeah. So Emily, what is a light weaver? A light weaver is what Shallan is, and they can basically use stormlight to change their appearance, to um, create illusions, that sort of thing. Nice. I asked you what a cryptic was. You believed a cryptic was someone very high up in the religion, like an ardent who kept secrets. Mm-hmm. What? is a cryptic it's a sprint it's what pattern is oh i love pattern okay wait i want to revise my three top favorite characters to yasna pattern and ash and i okay okay i was just about to say can i revise my three hated characters and put pattern yeah. in there <laughs> because uh i love pattern because i i find his curiosity and learning about the human world endearing but I think your hatred of Pattern, I'm going to guess, stems from, one, him constantly pushing Shallan emotionally <laughs> further than she should, and two, pretending to be Yasna <laughs> when you thought she was dead. I'm so excited. We have a video of that, by the way. I don't know if we if we can find a copy of that, but Meg was videotaping me, or was just recording me when I was reading this, and I'm just, like, elated that Yasna's back! This is the greatest moment ever! And then it feel to be pattern speaking of Yaz's voice and I think I like hit the book like I so so mad yeah like and here I want to kind of do a caveat I understand why he's pushing Shallan I I don't think he's evil or bad because of that I get why he's doing that I don't like that he's doing that but I get why he's doing that um he, he wasn't terrible he just every time he came on you know the page I'm just like (sighs) okay he just wasn't my favorite (laughs) love it Um, i just love sill so much i love sill so much and i want to see more of ivory and you just weren't afraid of sill being dead at all um we had a number of dead characters come back this book we did i mean zeph got resurrected by nail Mm -hmm. gox got resurrected by lift Lift. (laughs) Yes, sorry, that was her sliding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 
sorry, you guys. I, I made, uh, like, because I was counting on my fingers, I had the number two. And then I just started, like, inching them along like a, two, like, like, inch per- <laughs> <laughs> That was her slippery powers. Okay. Oh, and Wendell was, gr- oh, no, sorry. Pin in that. We're talking about spread in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, Lyft brought back Gox. Mm-hmm. Yasna uh, returns. Stabbed all the way through, but she stayed alive the whole time. And uh, Kaladin is assumed dead twice, and he's <laughs> fine. Uh, and really, the only death that seems to have stuck so far is Sadius. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. All right. So in this book, there's a number of secret societies. Mm-hmm. They and... were hard to keep straight at first, and I assume might yeah. still be hard to keep straight. So Emily and... What is the primary goal of the Sons of Honor, and who are its members that we know? Oh, I don't remember. I'm Sorry, like, I can help you out with this. There's Ghostbloods, there's the diagram, uh-huh. and there's uh-huh. Sons of Honor. Sons of Honor. What did the Sons of Honor do? Uh, Amaram is of the Sons of Honor. Okay. Uh, Gavilar. Uh, I'm not sure if he was a member of the Sons of Honor or if this was formed after his death, but the Sons of Honor's goal is to start a desolation so the Heralds will return. Mm. Okay. They're trying to kickstart a desolation on purpose. I think whenever I I heard like Sons of Honor, it just sounded like a boys club and I'm just like, I don't care about (laughs) them. I really don't. Honestly, they're the least effective and most secret societies. Okay, Emily, what is the goals? What are some of the goals of the Ghost Bloods, and who are some of the members? So, uh, okay, I I got I remember getting these confused because the Ghost Bloods were out to kill Yasna. They are attempting to kill Elokar. I I they want to put Dalinar on the throne. That's what they want to do, and uh. Well, I think, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. They want Dalinar on the throne, but in reality, do they want the Blackthorn on the throne? Sorry, are you talking about the Ghostbloods? Yes. No. No, okay. Ghostbloods are the ones who murdered Yasna. Yes, and and uh, Moash is a part of them. No. No. Again, Moash has fallen in with followers of the oh, diagram. Oh, dear. Graves is a follower of the diagram. I did okay, read this book. This. Oh, no. Emily, <laughs> Emily, what's the primary goal of Teravangian and the diagram? To destabilize the land and put yes. Teravangian in charge of everything. Yes. So while they told Moash we want Dalinar on the throne, that is the <laughs> point of lying. <laughs> oh, no. So, Ghost Bloods. <laughs> The Ghostbloods have some other mysterious purpose we're not entirely clear of. However, the Ghostbloods have a lot of world hoppers in their number. Mm-hmm. They are led by someone named Thyatikar. Mm-hmm. We do not know who that is. He's been name dropped a couple times. So I guess, I'm so sorry. I should have said instead of primary goals, who is the person in charge of Sons of Honor? Amaram. Who's the person in charge of the Ghostbloods? Saticus. Thyatikar. Thyatikar. Who is the person in charge of the followers of the diagram? Tarvangian. Tartarvangian. <laughs> <laughs> Misa back. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, hey, Emily, where did the diagram come from? It came on a day where, like, this shouldn't have been possible, but it came on a day where um, Taravangian is incredibly clever. And remind me, is this something he went to the Night Witch, the Night Spren to get? Yes. Okay, so this is like his yes. gift and his curse? Yes. Okay. He, ha- he asked for... Sorry, his specific wish was he asked for the capacity to save everyone. Mm-hmm. And she gave him that, but not the compassion. Okay. So he comes up with basically a plan on how to take out his competition. Because if he's in charge of everything, he's the ultimate authority and the ultimate uh ultimate person who's capable of taking care of everyone and so this is making me nervous though because the diagram only works if specific things happen and specific things are people are executed or taken out of the picture but the more time goes on the more splinters are kind of breaking off and it's instead of it being this this neat complete diagram or plan they're having to make a lot of emergency decisions or, hey, this already happened. We didn't want it to happen. Like Kaladin was not supposed to become a radiant. He was yes, not supposed uh, to be able to protect Dalinar from Zeth. But yes. who who's Moash come and trying to murder Elokar with? Graves is his name. Graves. And so Graves is like, no, we this wasn't we were trying to prevent this, and yet our our hubris has led to you becoming a radiant. I mean, he doesn't say that, but that's basically what happens. And so I'm interested to see how far off the rails that the diagram's gonna go, or if Taravangian has some sort of secondary vision of just like, here's plan B. Here's diagram B, you know. Um, or if it's just going to become some insanely complicated flow chart of like, did you stop this? No. Okay. Did this happen afterwards instead? Yes. Okay. Go here and do this. And if no, go here and do this. Like you cannot keep up with the world, the world's motion. There's just no way. There's, yeah. There's just so many variables. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've done a really good job thus far. Zeth went out and like took care of a lot of the people that they wanted to take care of and when i say take care of i mean murder yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right and then i have two cosmere phrases one of which i told you the answer to so i'm going to check and see if you remember it if you don't i will tell you again thank you and the other one is a cosmere phrase that i've asked you about multiple times and you don't have the whole picture yet so the honor is is dead No, what is investiture? (laughs) That is the magic system. That, yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, Stormlight is a kind of investiture, um, metallurgy. (laughs) It is, though, right? (laughs) I know. know. Oh, my gosh. It's not bending. My brain's only giving me Avatar the Last Airbender (laughs) stuff. What is the magic system in this board? Whatever, the breath system on Warbreaker is a type of investiture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's like breaths on Warbreaker is where the investiture is is stored. Um, Hemallergy, which is one of the three 
Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Why can't I remember what the Mistborn Metal Magic System is called? I want to work on these! <laughs> Alamancy! <Okay. laughs> Listeners, I didn't have to look it up. I, I dug deep into my mind and I found it. I need to go to my mind palace. <laughs> oh, it's Christmas in my mind palace. Okay, this book... We got a lot of, we met a lot of new spreads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's talk about each of the proto-radiants that we, the radiants that we've met so far, and who their spren are. Mm-hmm. So we've got Kaladin and... Sil. What kind of a spren is Sil? An honor spren. Great. Amazing. I almost said wind, and I knew that wasn't <laughs> right. Shalon has... Cryptic, who, his name is Pattern. Mm-hmm. And from the exposition dump that we got from Yasna near the beginning spren have nobility spren have cities Mm -hmm. and i know they've said it at some point in the first two books i don't remember two but emily i will let you know cryptics and honor spren are two huge spren societies okay and they hate each other they hate each other interesting i wonder if we'll hear about spren wars in future never my I instantly shifted my face into the non-spoiler strain face where I go. Lift has a spren. His name is Wendell. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what he is called. Uh, I don't think we get the information. Uh, Lift just tell us tells us he's a void bringer. That's right, and he keeps trying to tell her things, and she tunes him out, much to the frustration of the readers. But it fits her character perfectly. I will, we do know what kind of spren Wendell is, but I don't know if it was said during the chapter we read. So let's get back to him after we do Edge Dancer. Okay. Um, but Emily, how did Wendell choose Lift? He didn't want to choose Lift. He was ordered to choose Lift by the Night yes. Spren, the Night Witch. What is, what? No. No. No, although he does call the Night Sister, he calls her mother. That's that's right. He what was his job in the the realm of the spread? He was a gardener, an artist. He was a gardener. Okay. He he grew these incredible crystal statues based on the minds of things or people in the physical realm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. It is. Yasna has a spren. Yes, his name is Ivory. And I can't remember what kind of spren he is because we only see him for about three pages. We see him once over three pages. He's very shy. Mm-hmm. And he he does not offer a lot of information. And so I think you and I had talked about like uh, Yasna and Shalon would have just loved to have had a spren like Wendell who was just like, let me tell you everything. Sorry, I'm checking the citations on the Copper Mind to see if it tells us when we find out what type of... Okay, we've only had confirmation of what type of Spren Wendell is from a word of Brandon. Okay. So, would you like me to tell you what type of Spren he is? Yes. He is an ink Spren. Ooh, I like that. I want yeah. one. um and now we don't know a lot about him and yasna's history how they found each other 
but I can tell you, you've read the scene where she saw him for the first time. Is it the prologue to Words of it Radiance? Is the prologue. Hey, I'll have to go back. Prologue to Words of Radiance. She sees a man in, an, in a strange looking suit made of all black. I thought that was wit, honestly. <laughs> but she knew who wit was. That doesn't make any she sense. Knew who wit okay, was. that's, there we go. Um, okay, okay. Dalinar, this is huge. I can't believe I didn't talk about this in my summary. <laughs> yes, I did. You did. Best friend to Dalinar Bond. The Stormfather. What? Whose face fills the sky. Oh, wow. And there's one more surprise spread at the end of the books. Yes. Who and has a surprise spread? It's Renarin, and I can't remember off the top of my head what the name of his spread is. Does he say who yeah. he introduces the spread? Yeah, he introduces the spread. I don't think we see it. Renarin Sprint is named Gliss. Gliss. G-L-Y-S. Can you tell me? I mean, listen, I. I will say we're going to find out way more about Renarin Sprint okay. in Oathbringer. Okay. Because his was just sort of like a surprise. I've got one. Whoa. <laughs> Poor, okay. Renarin was so off screen in Words of Radiance. I because, him. because Brandon was trying to keep this Sprint a secret. So <laughs> I will let you know. We get a lot more Renarin and we get a lot more Dalinar in book three because they're not keeping secrets off page like they were in book two. Okay. All right. Now, we've listed all of these new Radiants in their spread. Now we're going to check and see if you remember which type of Radiant everyone I has. don't. I will I know, tell you but, this but, right now. We can still do it, but I will tell you right now. I believe in you. I think you're going to get five out of six. Okay. Kaladin <laughs> is a... Windrunner. Nice. Shalon is a... Lightweaver. Yasna is an... Else Caller. Lift is an... Slippery Bastard. <laughs> no, no. It's the title of her book. <laughs> Edge Dancer. Dalinar. Okay, I'll let you laugh for a little bit longer. I don't think Okay. <sighs> Dalinar is a... It's the one where there can only be three. Yes. And I can't remember what the name is, but I do know that about it. Okay, your hint is 007. James Bondsmith. Yes! Yeah, I did it. <laughs> That's five. That's five. Now, Renarin just says his once. Mm -hmm. So it's okay if you don't remember what he is, but Renarin is a. I. Science Smith. That's right. Renarin is a, says he's a truth watcher. Oh, that's right. That's right. So we've now got six radiants with Spren that have like progressed enough to do cool things. Six out of how many radiants? I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh. I'm looking up a list for types of nights radiant. So you got you you guessed five out of six. Thank you. Exactly. Amazing. Um, the one I'm interested in is Talns. Who do we know any radiance? Do any of them belong to Taln? Now, we have not met any yet, okay. but Taln is the head of the Stone Wards. Okay. 
Oh, I so. I would also like to say I'm very interested in what is happening to Talon. Yeah. Just so you know. So the we're gonna do a quick rundown of all the Knights Radiant and their associated heralds. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So we have the Windrunners, and their herald is uh Yezrian. Yes. Okay. Uh, they must bond with an honor spread, mm-hmm. and they have the surges of adhesion and gravitation. That means making things stick together and changing where gravity is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Skybreakers, and they follow the Herald. The bald one. Nope. This is a hood. <laughs> Naylin. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm not going to tell you what kind of spread they bond. Okay. But they also get gravitation, but they also get something called division. And, yes. So, Naylin has taken Zeth. He has. We originally know Zeth was, only had those powers because he had one of the original honor blades. There was no spren associated with him. Correct. Now he has Nightblood, same sort of yep. sword with a power. Is Naylin going to assign Zeth a spren? Sparkly, Sparkly rainbow. Rainbow. Okay. We've got a something is called a Dustbringer, mm-hmm. and the Dustbringer's herald is Chichanarach. So we have not seen any Dustbringers yet. Okay. Um, I will let you know there is great interest. We people want to see Dustbringers, mm-hmm. uh, and the Dustbringers have something called Division and Abrasion. Okay. The Edge Dancers, their herald is Vettel. Okay. And she's about loving and healing. And I'm not going to tell you what kind of spren they bond, but it's Windle. Okay. So when you find out what Windle is, then you'll know. Okay. And they have the powers of abrasion and progression. Okay. And progression is the thing that lets you heal other people with Stormlight. Got it. So Kaladin and Shallan and Yasna, they can all heal themselves with Stormlight, but you need to be really good at progression to heal someone else with Stormlight. Okay. So, next up, number five, Truth Watchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, their herald is Palia. Okay. And they're about being learned and giving. Again, you don't know what kind of spread they bond, so that's still a secret. But they also have progression, and they have the illumination. Okay. Uh, so, eventually, those are supposed to be the gifts that Renarin has. Okay. So, six, we have Light Weavers. Who's the herald in charge of the Lightweaver? Shin, sh- shalash. Yes. And what kind of spread do Lightweavers get? The cryptics. And they Cryptids. Have the of, Sorry. Yes. They have the surges of illumination. Mm-hmm. That's what she uses for her Lightweaving. Okay. And transformation. That's what she uses for soul casting. Okay. So, if we're next to Lightweavers on the Circle Pie, who else do we know has the surge of transformation? Who taught her how to soul cast? Yasna. Yes. So what kind of radiant is Yasna? She's an... Okay, I always thought it was elk, E-L-K, but it's... (laughs) 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 But I found out recently. (laughs) I'm making so much fun of me. Because they don't have elks on Roche. Shut up, chickens. They could have other animals. Anyway, she's not an elk caller. What is she? She's an elf 
Caller. E L S E. Elf Caller. Their herald is Batar, and they have an ink spread with the surges of transformation and transportation. That's how she can get to Shakedomar. Okay. Uh, no. Not exactly. Okay, so tra- transportation, I'm pretty sure that's what we saw her do at the end of the book. Okay. Where she showed up where Wit was. All right. Will Shapers, we haven't seen much. That's Kalax. Oh. Uh, that's Kalax Group. Mm-hmm. And I won't tell you what kind of spread they have, but they have transportation and cohesion. I don't know much about those. I'll just say that right now. Okay. Uh, but the Stone Wards are with uh mouth better (laughs) (laughs) i just want to read the story (laughs) i also want to i also want to know this i'm just giving you a really hard time um it's it's interesting because, like, most most books, like, the kind of books I enjoy, you know, you're going to get, like, Jedi, you know, Jedi Academy or where stuff's, like, really straightforward. Like, the Force can do all of these things. And so now, all of a sudden, I've got to be like, okay, Radiance can do all of these things, but not all of these things. Only certain of them can do some of these things. And so I will get them straight eventually. Thank you for being patient. You're welcome. And plus there's 10 of them. It's so hard to keep track of all 10. <laughs> and I think that's why we're being slowly introduced to just one kind of radiant at a time. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Storm, Stone, Wards, uh, they have the searches of cohesion and tension. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not entirely sure what those are yet. We'll find out. Okay. But we have the Bond Smiths and their herald is... The Storm, or the Bald One. Uh-huh. That's Ishar. Ishar. And... There are only three spren in the world that you bond to to become a bond smith. So and you know one of them who is yeah. It? The stormfather is one. So are the other two like this big, like as big as the stormfather? Uh, size wise, do you know what? Rainbow. Okay. Rainbow. Okay. I'm just gonna... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, I'm going to uh, trick you into has... revealing something one day. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, I already accidentally told you that Moash at least makes it to book four. <laughs> okay, that was a big, long list. Listeners, thank you so much for uh, waiting through that. Now, let's, uh, let's dive into something a little more fun okay. and not as much fact-based. Emily, welcome to shipping corner so you had a great delight of your crack ship from book one being Mm -hmm. confirmed they've met they're engaged what's next for adolin and shalon okay i think i talked about this a little bit in one of the other chapters but what i'm worried about oh hold on my computer just started saying hey sign up for apple music and i don't want to Here's what I'm worried about. I am over love triangles. Okay. We've had, I mean, they, one in Twilight was really good. One in Hunger Games was really good. They're very, <laughs> what? Um, sorry. Nope, nothing. Oh, no. Is there going to be a love triangle? No, sorry. I was laughing that you said that 
that the Twilight love triangle was really good. Okay, when I... Only because I didn't believe for a second that oh, she would choose Jacob over Edward. Yeah, I mean to the point that, like, people were choosing Team Jacob over Team Edward. I was with you. I was always yeah. Team Edward. I didn't like Edward. I'm just like, there's no way that Bella will ever like someone more. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted Jacob Black, and then... Yeah. He, you know what? We don't have time for No, this. no. He <laughs> would, Jacob Black would have been better for Bella, but there's no way that she would have gone for him. That's the hard part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and like I said, I love the one in Hunger Games because the the person I like the most ended up, like Katniss ended up with him. Um, I am so worried that this is going to turn into a love triangle. I can't imagine Brandon will do that, but I'm very afraid it will with Adolin, Shalon, and Kaladin. Because, like, the whole scene when Shalon and Kaladin are stuck in the, the high storm and they're bonding over, you know, everything that's going on, their past and things like that. And Kaladin's admiration for Shalon grows, you know, three sizes that day. But I'm also waiting for Tara to show back up. I'm really, really hoping... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't like I, I don't really want to make any guesses about like Tara or if Laurel's going to come back or anything like that. Um, I just really hope I really hope Adolin and Shalon stick it out and stick together. That's what I really want in my heart of hearts. I love them together so much. So I'm really hoping here's what I'm afraid is going to happen is Shalon and Kaladin end up spending more time together, start falling in love, and then Kaladin and Shalon learn the truth about each other, that Kaladin was the one who killed her brother, that sort of thing. Um, but then we've got this thing with uh, Adolin killing Sadius, which has got to like kind of change who he is as a person, which I think is going to drive a wedge between him and Shalon for a bit, until she reveals, oh, I'm also a murderer. It's fine. It's fine. Fine. Murder is okay, actually, if, it, if it's for the greater good. The greater good. So, um, that's yeah, what I'm. That's what I'm worried about. Think... Okay, great. Okay, so you didn't say this on the podcast, but we were talking about it after. You have a new slightly cracked ship. Um, yes. Based off of the epilogue. Who is yes. It? Okay. I, I feel feel funny just like pairing people up together that have like obviously. They just happen to be on the same page. But I would love to see more Wit and Yasna. I I think that she would give him a run for his money. And he could annoy the crap out of her. But it would be like a enemies to lovers sort of a thing. I just, I think their personality, they would want to kill each other all the time. And then if someone ever threatened the other one, they'd be mad about it. Like the only one that can threaten to kill this person is me back away sort of a thing um listen would you and i write that fan fiction about esh and i becoming <laughs> yeah. i would love to do some wit yasna scenes with you okay. that would be wonderful okay how are dalinar and navani gonna do um i think they're gonna be okay and this, I don't know why this is my reasoning for it, but do you remember in the previous, one of the previous episodes in Words of Radiance where she is explaining, Navani is explaining to Dalinar how this Fabriel works. And uh-huh. he doesn't seem to have much interest until she starts explaining it to him in terms that 
he can understand in like war terms or, you know, general army terms, that sort of thing. So I think they speak each other's language very well already. They have known each other pretty much almost their entire lives at this point. Um, so I, I'm going to say they're okay. Great. Um, is, is Renard going to find me? I hope so. I was so glad you brought up Renard and like, he seems so distraught the the last few times we've seen him. You know, he's freaking out that he can see the future because that's a Voidbringer thing. And he's the one that's been writing, you know, the numbers on the wall and everything. And he just seems really sad that he's a Radiant. <laughs> I feel really bad for him. It's the hard knock life <laughs> for us. So I don't know. Okay. I would think in a relationship you'd want to... What you want to be is be on the the same level as the other person, but you want to bring to them something they don't have, and they should be bringing to you something you don't have, and like fulfill a need in each other. When it comes to like characters, you know, in a in a book or whatever, and so I just want someone who will love Renarin and just let him know that he's wonderful and perfect and the best okay. ever. I want to tell you something. Okay, Megan from the future. <laughs> Megan's about to talk light spoilers. If you don't want any of that, please skip ahead 30 seconds. That we do not see on screen a Renarin love interest yet. Okay. But Brandon accidentally, <gasps> it just got fully revealed during a Q&A once. Um, I don't think Brandon was the one that did it, but people were asking like, oh, who's Renarin's love interest going to be? It says it was a live stream. Chat was like, we think it's these two characters. It's this ship. It's this ship. It's this ship. And I want to say Adam was the one taking the questions. And Adam just goes, oh, chat got it right away. And Brandon's like. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. So, there is one coming. It's not going to be for a while. Okay. As long as I know it's coming and he gets it. So. Proceed with your normal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Emily, this is so much fun. Thanks for doing this in between with You're me. You're welcome. Now listen, we got through mostly everything on the list, but now I'm going to ask you for character-specific predictions. So, at the end of the last book, Kaladin's third level Knight's Radiant. His bridge four buddies are starting to get Radiant powers. Mm -hmm. uh, what's next for Kaladin? I think Kaladin is going to continue to train people. Like, he is a great teacher. He inspires people. Um, I feel like that's kind of the direction he's going to go. Because at the beginning of Words of Radiance, they were training up the other bridgemen uh, to become basically bridge for, be a part of that. And so I think that's what he's going to have to do with his bridgemen who are becoming... Because they're not going to become full Radiance. They are becoming followers of the radiant the they are squires squires um so that's what i think is going to happen adolin um oh i mean amram has got to be he has a lot of other plans up his sleeve i can't imagine he will leave kaladin alone okay. but kaladin's kind of becoming untouchable i feel like at this point like Clearly, he's a radiant. Clearly, he is the goat. Clearly, he is just amazing. The, the gradient of all time. 
So I'm I'm not sure what will be used to humble Kaladin in Oathbringer. I'm here's here's okay here's a here's my actual um, guess about Oathbringer. I feel like that one has got to be more Adolin centric, even though like all this other cool stuff is happening to is happening to Renarin, Kaladin, Dalinar, Shallan, Yasna, everybody. I can't help but feel that something's got to happen with Adolin because of the murder, because he threw Oathbringer over the edge. The book is called Oathbringer. Um, and so why did I bring this up in the first place? There was a reason. Uh, oh, oh. Is it about Adolin's a murderer now? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Everybody's a murderer. Um, I wonder if Kaladin's going to take kind of a backseat. Because it was like, it was like all Kaladin, Way of Kings. I mean, even though we had some Shallan and Dalinar, it was mostly Kaladin and Way of Kings. And then Words of Radiance was mostly Shallan with Kaladin doing cool stuff in the background. Not that I'm hoping we're getting less and less of Kaladin as time goes by. He's great. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's one of my predictions for Oathbringer is that Adolin will kind of be, it'll be Adolin. Yeah, it'll be someone else's time, uh, time to shine. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Shalon, this book, she's been really exploring her past and her trauma. Mm -hmm. It's been really hard for her. She's starting to have... Okay, I want you to talk about Shalon, and then I want you to talk about Vale and, like, okay. her life as nobility and her life as a ghost blood. Okay. I was thinking about this the other day because she straight up tells Pattern at one point when he's like, you need to remember. And she's like, do you want me to be catatonic? Do you want me to not be able to do anything? Because that's what will happen if I remember. And so at the end of Words of Radiance, she does remember. Like she remembers what went on. So I don't know if we are, ooh, okay, okay. I don't know if we are going to get like Shallan in a fugue state who only does stuff as Vale. Like, maybe she disappears, like, Shallan, like, like, she's not physically there anymore. She's gone off and it believes she's Vale or something. But she'll, Ooh. I feel like we're going to get more Vale than Shallan in Oathbringer. Okay. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Thank you. Because <laughs> Vale, like, Vale doesn't have to listen to stupid patterns. No. <laughs> All right. Yasna's back. Yasna's back. What's, what's stop, 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 stop. Oh. Tell me how cool it was that I was right. Quite annoying, really. <laughs> Poor girl. <laughs> no, it was so cool. And it took everything I had to, like, keep a straight face and keep us in the moment. Because I love the reveal of Yasna at the end. Um, I'm going to take some time to plug Stormpod here. Okay. Because Jack also held, Jack is the um, Stormpod's unspoiled listener. Mm -hmm. He held on. To Yasna being alive through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And as they're doing their live read of the epilogue, mm -hmm. Jack is like, it just starts off with wit at the end. And then Jack's like, I honestly thought Yasna would come back by the episode, by the epilogue. Oh. I guess she really is dead. Oh. And then like three pages later, <laughs> Yasna showed up and we were all like. <laughs> so I actually took. A couple screenshots of Jack's face when he realized Yasna was back, and I shared them in the story. Oh, uh, so that's I, wonderful! You people and your unshakable <laughs> faith in Yasna Berlin. 
Um, okay, so the reason why I never believe, like, I didn't want to believe Yasna's coming back is I sometimes get annoyed when death doesn't mean anything in a story. Mm-hmm. And I loved the idea of someone so far along the journey who would have been so helpful to Shalon mm-hmm. being taken away from her. But I love that when, by the time Yasna gets back, as we saw in the epilogue, she's now behind the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what's up with that? Yeah. Um, Emily, Yasna's back. She and Wit are way far away somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. So, one, how quickly will she get back in the story? And two, how will she fit into the structure of everything? Um, I feel like it won't take as much time as we think it might be only because she's a radiant she has some sort of ability and then there's wit as well who world walks so they've got to have some sort of shortcut some sort of fast travel to get to Yurithiru or like uh maybe Yasna knows where another another platform is uh that will get them to Yurithiru oh yes yes uh, nothing. I love that you said that. Keep going. Put a pin in other platforms. Pin in other platforms. Um, and so I think she's going to show up. And here's the thing. I don't think anybody can beat out Kaladin's entrances at all. But I think <laughs> I think Yasna's will be a close second. Um, nice. But she looks so different. I mean, she's got burns or scars across her face. Like, you can tell she's been through something. And... I wonder how that will will change her, if it will change her. Maybe she's just like, oh, that was so annoying. Now it's over. Now I can get back to studying mm-hmm. what I've been studying. Um, what was your whole question? Sorry, I went off on my own oh. brain thing. Where do you think some of the other Oath Gates will be? Oh, we you, we know where one is. You told me, and it, it is in Alethkar. Like the city yes. is, or the palace is built on it or something. In Col- yeah, in Kolinar. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually, we actually did see it in the interlude where we met those artists. Mm-hmm. I, um, so I'm almost wondering if there's one in every major country. Oh. Maybe. <laughs> because maybe get a sparkly rainbow. Maybe that's what it means by unite them. Unite the whole world. How are we going to get access to all these other oath gates? Um... Are they going to just let Alethkar control everything? Come until like, yeah. I can't imagine. Uh, that's a good question, Megan. That's a really good question. There's got to be some sort of pol- politicking. Like, I don't think I don't. Especially with so many world leaders having been assassinated, no one is trusting anybody. And do you? Can you tell me, or do you know? Did the diagram? Uh, predict that Yurithiru was coming back into play? Um, I think one of the snippets of the diagram we read mentioned Yurithiru. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wonder if this is throwing like a huge wrench in Teravangian's plans. Okay, wait. I have to read something in Dalinar's last chapter. Okay. Because I don't remember if this is something that's mentioned at the end of the book or at the start of Oathbringer. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to have to wait till Oathbringer. Sorry, okay. so never mind. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I think, like, and I don't know if something big is going to happen. Like, if all, okay, were there 10 circles? I'm assuming there were 10. There's 10 platforms. You are correct. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if something will happen when they are all activated or, you know, if that's going to trigger some other, like, world 
catastrophe or summon something like is it a summoning circle is like the whole mountain of urethero a summoning circle so i'm i'm intrigued to see because we've mostly been focusing on alethkar and colinar okay question dumb question colinar is the capital that rules all of alethkar or just parts of alethkar all of alethkar okay that's where the king is supposed to be okay and they're a warring country, so do we know if Alethkar is made up of several smaller countries that got, like, absorbed into Alethkar? Yes. Okay. Each of the ten high princes rule a small... Okay, so when Gavilar and Dalinar united Alethkar, they conquered a series of smaller kingdoms that were once historically Alethkar. Okay. And so they conquered all these smaller kingdoms... And they're like, this is our united Alethkar, and you kings that we conquered are now high princes. Okay. Or like some of them are kings that they killed, and then they installed a new high prince there. Got so it, got it. Alethkar used to be a bunch of separate nations, tiny ones. And Gavilar and Dalinar are like, actually, not anymore. <laughs> and Sadius. And Sadius. <laughs> and so I'm intrigued to see... Yeah, if people are just going to straight up be like, no, you can't use our platform. And Alethkar comes in and says, too bad, we're going to do it anyway. Like, I don't know how much power Alethkar has at this point. So, I mean, their king hasn't been killed. So they're a little better off than some of the other places like Yakoved and stuff like that. He was... The guy with the two different eye colors was there. Okay, so he did become king of Yakovet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Teravangian is now the king of Yakovet. And and uh Carbranth. Yes. Things I want to flag for you. Okay. The unmade. Do you remember what the uh, we've mentioned those before? We've mentioned it and you said you missed it on your way through and you didn't want me to miss it, but I don't think we've learned anything about that okay we've heard the names of a couple of them mm-hmm. sia anat is one of the unmade okay uh moloch is one of the unmade mm-hmm. and moloch is the one that makes people have the plague when people die sometimes they prophesy yes and teravangian mentions that we've had fewer death rattles now that moloch is on the move. Got it. So the unmade are very powerful spread of Odium. Yeah. Thank you. Can someone that bond is... to them? Is Odium a po- Oh <laughs> dear. Could they? I don't know. I mean, that's what the Parshendi have done. Mm-hmm. Is they're all bond to storms like whatever these storms spread are. Mm-hmm. So the, the Parshendi storm form is being bound to Spren of Odium. Okay. Um, and I'm guessing since we've proven that Dalinar can bond something as powerful as the Stormfather, it could be, you could potentially bond with one of the Unmade yeah. or one of their Spren. Because, you know, like, Syl is an honor Spren and she's connected to the Stormfather. Mm-hmm. That the Unmade um, powerful Spren can have smaller of their own Spren. Uh-huh. So maybe keep an eye out for that sounds good 
All right. Sorry. Sorry. We're talking about characters. We're talking about characters. <laughs> hey, what's Seth and Naylan going to do? Oh, I almost want them to visit Teravangian. Like, I would like Zeth to be able to meet Teravangian face-to-face as a quote-unquote free free man. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going to be up? Uh, Elokar has expressed interest in learning to be a better king. Yes, he has. I was so happy when he when he was hanging out at the Herdazian place and the mom was just like, I don't care if you're king, you're going to do what I say or whatever. And I I applaud Elokar for his awareness that mm-hmm. he knows he could be better or he wants to be better. But figuring out how to be better or what it means to be better, like that's its whole journey of itself. But I love that he I love that he's aware of that that he's not just some really stereotypical character of just like I will never change I will always be the bully I will always be the dictator I will always do these things and that just adds a whole nother layer of complications when it comes to Roshon and Moash's grandparents and all these things like mom Elokar is going to have to face up to what he's done, even if it was done, I'm going to say in ignorance, but I don't mean ignorance. I just mean like he allowed himself to be led by other people and didn't take part in his own journey. Okay. Hey, what's Moash going to do? This oh, make people hate no, him? he's going to be sad. <laughs> he's going to be sad. Why? Okay. Listen. Emily, what? if Moash was as sad as Zeth, mm-hmm. would you like him more? Yes. Okay. Is he not going to be as sad as Zeth? Is he going to be? Rainbow, obviously. <laughs> um, oh, can you tell oh. me, do we get Moash POV in this book? I can tell you. Okay. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yourself honey i just like vexing you it's working no compassion on your <laughs> okay sorry i know that there's like more characters but i i want to jump on to one more thing before we go mm-hmm. not one more thing because i'm just i'm just having fun doing this, this is fun in my list ages ago okay. and i'm just really enjoying talking about this with you um emily the prologue of every book mm-hmm. is the night of Gavilar's assassination from someone else's point of view. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have you guess who is going to be the prologue point of view person. Okay. And then I'm going to tell you <gasps> so listeners can hear your Okay. Reaction. Who do you think will see the night of the feast? I'm trying to think where everybody is. Like, uh, location-wise. Because I'm just like, oh, maybe it's Moash. Oh, maybe it's this person. You know, but like... It would probably have to be an important character. Like it was, it was Zeth's point of view and then it was Yasna's point of view. Oh, could it, is it Elokar's point of view? Do we get to see? That is such a good guess. Yeah? He's actually Eshwin. <gasps> oh, I don't know if I like that. Uh, now, I haven't asked you what's Esh and I up to in the next book. Mm-hmm. Last time we saw her, she fell right off a cliff. <gasps> She's super in storm form. She so is going to 
bond with one of Odium's giant spren. Okay. And become an it. evil radiant. And is she going to be sad about it? Not as she is now. How do you get rid of being possessed by a storm sprint? Is it like cognitive recalibration in the Avengers? You just have to get, oh, if she gets hit really hard, if she fell down a canyon, maybe she's okay. Maybe. So she she hits the bottom of the canyon so hard, it just knocks the storm sprint right out of her. exactly what is happening. Yeah, I'm picturing like a loony tune where she goes, wah! And then you see a little red ghost Ghost float up. up, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So um, I'm going to have you do general a Parshendi guess. So like Esh and I, you think the, I'm going to say your official prediction is the fall knocked the odium sprint out of Mm -hmm. her. What's up with Venli, who's with the Stormform people? Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to ask what's up with Thud, who ran away with, with everybody. the non-storm form listeners. I'm, I can't imagine that those who ran away would be eager to go find the um, Alethi and team up with them because I'm pretty sure they're sure that the Alethi will kill them on sight. So I wonder if they're going to go hide in the canyons or if they are going to go try and join forces with someone else, another country, like as refugees. Um okay. But with uh, Venli, I think she's going to become one of the big bads. I think she's going to be a villain. Okay. I think she's going to be a secret, like, like if Renarin became a villain. Like, Ooh. I don't want that to happen. But, um, but Venli, I feel I like, she... <laughs> I feel like Venli knows, like we were talking about, like Venli know, knew a lot more than she was letting on. Like she's crafty. She's cunning. I think maybe she's been biding her time, and this is her time. All right. Okay, what's up with food? Oh, wait, no, sorry. You said refugees. Yeah. All right. Um, and now, oh, no, I had it. I had my final question in my mind. Oh, yeah. What's up with the listeners in general? The Everstorm just turned all of the listeners into Stormform. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if they're just going to create storm after storm after storm to drive out the Alethi, but unbeknownst to them, the Alethi are already gone. The Alethi are in Yurithiru, where the storms can't touch them. So unless all of the all of the Parshendi find a way to activate the find a way to activate the platform and actually go to Yurithiru, I don't know how they're going to do anything to the Alethi. Well, we will find out when next we read Oathbringer. Final question. What's a Rishadium? Nope. That's my question to you. Oh, wait. I forgot to ask you. What's that announced? I don't know yet. Okay, great. My real last question. (laughs) Who's going to... Oh, no. I don't want to even think about that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Do I have to guess? Yeah. I do. Navani. Okay. It will be so sad. And Eleanor will be so sad. And it will be bad. All right. Well, I've told you who the uh, prologue is from. Mm -hmm. Now, I think it's only fair that I should tell you who is the flashback (gasps) character of these books. Yes, please tell me right now. 
Emily, this is going to be a down in our flag. <gasps> oh, can okay. Listen, I miss Way of Kings Dalinar so much. <laughs> is this gonna give me Way of King Dalinar vibes, or is this gonna be like, oh, I'm so sad, I don't want to read this anymore vibes? <laughs> memories and flashbacks mm -hmm. i will tell you we're gonna see young dalinar okay young dad dalinar like with young kids or like pre mm, oh. <laughs> okay <laughs> but um emily Kaladin's flashbacks led up to what traumatic event in his life oh no it led up to tien's death Shalon's flashbacks led up to what traumatic event in her life? Her dad's death. So, if you could hazard a guess, what do you think Dalinar's flashbacks are building up to? Either Gavilar's death. Okay. Or they had a third secret kid that died. Okay. Who had a third secret kid? Dalinar and Shh. Shh, 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 shh. Okay, here's the question. Do you think Shasha will feature in a flashbacks? Ooh, that's an interesting question because if it's a flashback and we're experiencing it in like quote unquote real time, I would think that we would get to see her. But if it's Delinar's memories we're looking at, we can't see her because he can't see her. All right. We're going to have to rainbow that one, I guess. <laughs> Okay, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this yes. super long, the super long epigraph in between episode. I've been having so much fun with this. Um, and we're going to let Emily start reading Oathbringer Yay! right away. But lovely listeners, again, you are going to get two more interlude episodes before we get into Emily's Oathbringer reactions. Because we need some time to, you know, build up our, our Oathbringer stock and storage. But uh, I'm going to wrap this up by saying I'm going to get back to drawing fan art. I'm going to get back to working on my book. Ooh, and I know you're going to finish it. Do you know how I know that? How? It's because I believe in you. Oh, I believe in you too. Ready, break! break.